Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Let's focus on our top story. Beginning April 3rd, BC Public Service employees will no longer be required to provide proof of vaccination against COVID-19. However, employees who work in healthcare facilities will still need to be vaccinated. We also heard today BC will be offering spring COVID-19 boosters for those at the highest risk of severe illness. Joining me now to talk about uh, today's announcement is Adrian Dix, BC's Minister of Health. Minister, thank you for joining us today. Hey, good afternoon, Jeff. Good afternoon to you, too. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the first announcement in regards to BC uh, public service employees not needing uh, or required to provide proof of vaccination against COVID-19. Why the change now? Uh, Well, it was a temporary measure. So it's a decision made by the public service agency for public servants not in healthcare in the province. And uh, it was based on the level of immunization in the public services is very high, uh, of, of the order of 98 and 99% of, the, of how the pandemic has evolved. And if you look at employers across the system, a number of them, including in the broader public sector, had vaccine um, mandates in place or vaccine requ- proof of vaccination requirements in place, and they've moved on from that. The difference in healthcare, obviously, is the very significant degree of risk in the healthcare system for the most vulnerable people. And it's why the um, the healthcare uh, requirement or the healthcare mandate was based on a public health order, not on an employer decision, but a public health order, and that will continue to be in place. Do you see a change to that eventually? Uh, I don't see a change to that in the in the future. No. So that is permanent. Those that uh, uh, that left the system will not be coming back in the health system. Yeah, I don't expect to change um, in the near term. Uh, it's you're always hesitant to say something's permanent, but. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't see a change to it coming in the near term, that's mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, in regards to your the other announcement that BC will be offering spring COVID-19 boosters for those at the highest risk of uh, severe illness, uh, so you're, you're focusing on uh, specifically the elderly, in this case I think it's the 80 plus. Will this be offered to uh, the general population as well? Yeah, so there's a series of advice, and it's based on the advice of, obviously, Dr. Henry and her team in the National Advisory Committee Mm -hmm. on Immunization. So remember, there's a six-month interval, uh, a minimum six-month interval uh, now in place. And so uh, their recommendation focused on people at the highest risk of illness, which is those over 80, uh, also Indigenous people over 70, and people who are clinically vulnerable, which is about 250,000 people in B.C. clinically vulnerable, uh, one, two, and three. And these are terms we got used to during the pandemic. So people will recognize themselves in that category. In addition to that, um, there's groups of people, including people 60 and older, Indigenous people 50 and older, uh, who have not previously contracted COVID-19 because it affects their limited immunity, can also consider receiving a spring booster dose. No one is going to be stopped from taking a spring booster dose. But for other people, it's good to seek the advice of your pharmacist or your doctor or call 811 and get some advice about whether um, whether uh, your needs fit into that. Um, and so that's the approach. 
which is to focus on those most vulnerable. And in addition to that, of course, people in long-term care, all seniors in long-term care, people in those circumstances in congregate living have been shown to be significantly vulnerable. So those are the focus of the campaign. I want to add one thing that's important, Jazz. There's a lot of people in B.C. who haven't had their bivalent booster, Mm -hmm. and they can get them now. And they should get them now. So you have a whole group of people, I think it's well over a million people, who've received two doses but haven't got their bivalent booster. That group of people, whether you're um, uh, 21 or 41 or 61 or 81, uh, should uh, go on to the Get Vaccinated site and get their bivalent booster now. And they're available all over BC and their appointments available today. I just checked. Uh, How do you view covid Today, what has changed for you as Minister of Health when you look at the issue of COVID compared to, let's say, um, obviously uh, two years ago and even earlier than that? How has your perspective or your lens on COVID changed as a health minister? I think we've had to adapt again and again, and uh, maybe we'll have a chance to do this for longer and talk about the pandemic, which is three years tomorrow uh, was the declaration of the pandemic. I think what we have today is a very highly vaccinated population which makes a huge difference in outcomes. We have uh, relatively fewer people uh, in hospital for COVID-19. So we had 205 people across BC in in hospital with COVID-19, but not all of those um, or even half of them are there primarily for COVID-19. So there's fewer people in that reason, there's broader protection in the population. We're obviously doing a lot more things together. It feels like it's back to normal Mm -hmm. in many respects out there. I think that on the really positive side, though, I think people have learned some fundamental lessons about washing their hands, about staying home when they're sick, and the government brought in uh, um, sick days uh, during the pandemic. My colleague Harry Baines did that, about about, uh, how we cough and uh, how we protect one another. And during spring break, if we're sick, not um, visiting vulnerable people, say our grandparents or something like that, if we're younger. All of those things are things that we've learned fundamentally that, that put us in a better position. And so I think now um, we've got to continue to do, deal with COVID-19, but we also have to deal with what I call the continuing aftermath of COVID-19, is the return to the healthcare system of very significant demand across the board. We're doing record numbers of healthcare everywhere, and demand is very high. So we're dealing with all that. And finally, we're dealing with the other public health emergency, which has been profound. And you've mm-hmm. been covering it this week, Jazz, which is the overdose public health emergency as well. So all of those challenges are there. So as Minister of Health, your focus changes uh, over that period for, to different types of care, I'd say, if you're asking you. But uh, COVID-19 obviously continues to be a factor, and we're continuing to provide vaccinations around the province and care around the province for people dealing with it. Well, let's let's try to make some time next week, if possible, to have you on the show to talk a little bit about those three years, because I think they're, it's been quite profound in regards to obviously the impact on the public. Yes. Uh, but it's also a challenge, of course, for government, private sector as well. So I think there's a much longer conversation. Look forward to having you on very soon to have that conversation. Minister, thank you for your time today. Hey, take care. Anytime, Jeff.